Welcome to our podcast, where everyone here at NADATA gets to sound off on the latest things happening in the AI and machine learning space, talk about new ways to manage data, and or talk about all the geeky things we love to hate, or is it hate to love? I'm Steve Aberly, your host who moonlights as the chief of products here for NADATA. Be sure to stick around until the end of the podcast, where I always ask our guests' opinion on how close we really are to the AI-induced robot apocalypse. You're listening to Anadata's podcast, Should I Say Thank You to Siri? We've got a good one lined up here for all the machine learning for the masses listeners out there with Giuseppe Straffarello, the CTO of Expert System USA, a company we've mentioned on the podcast before when my partner in crime, Jerry Gay, and I set out on a journey to find the state of the art in natural language processing. Giuseppe, or Pepe for those who know him well, has a wealth of knowledge as it relates to utilizing AI against language, NLP, and natural language understanding. To start out here, a general statement based off our experience with commercial and open source NLP, if we put Cogito, Expert Systems NLU product, up against some of the other major providers, there's a very clear winner. I asked him, without having to divulge any trade secrets, what is their secret sauce? It's interesting. Pepe gives the analogy of performing NLU on a quantum physics textbook. How much information would that impart to, say, a toddler? versus a psychologist, versus the professor who wrote the book, and how important human context is to that overall question. Uh, we have been in this field for 25 years, right. and uh, we have been working, uh, constantly improving our uh, knowledge base, uh, the semantic network that we like to call SENSIGF, and that is at the base of our disambiguation process, which if you want, is the secret source uh, of our technology. So uh, we uh, try to read the text uh, a bit like humans do, in that, uh, you know, when you read uh, a book uh, that says, uh, for instance, talk about uh, rockets uh, and moon, it just uh, taking a look uh, at the cover, you already know whether it is science fiction or a little children's tale or something scientific that... Right. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so that means uh, we have context. Humans need the context uh, to be able to understand the uh, written text. And much more so when it is about uh, spoken text, but let's not even go there. Okay. <laughs> uh, for instance, a text uh, um, that uh, talks about quantum physics uh, will give uh, literally no information to a toddler. It may give a, a lot of information to somebody who is a college student and again uh, zero information to a professor who actually wrote the book. Right. And uh, uh, because of that, uh, we think there is no way at this stage in the evolution of artificial intelligence to take the humans out of the picture. That means every human will bring uh, its uh, set of uh, knowledge, capabilities, uh, skills, uh, and also bias into the interpretation of written text. And we believe that uh, we have an effective tool that allows uh, humans to code uh, their knowledge, uh, their bias, in, uh, in uh, crystallized form that can be replicated and scaled up in a way that humans wouldn't be able to, for instance. One interesting thing is that uh, there is a, a widespread assumption that uh, humans always uh, are always right when reading a text. And uh, at Expert System, we also perform uh, annotation tasks. Mm -hmm. 
And so we know how hard it is to have a consistent annotation, even given a very good set of guidelines, a very good text, and sometimes a very limited number of annotators. The same person taking a look at the text in the morning will be able right. to, you know, make a notation that he or she might not be able to, to do as the shift comes to an end. And uh, uh, because of that, I, I, I truly believe that when we say that uh, uh, language is ambiguous and technology is not good enough to understand it, I question that statement strongly. Not the language is ambiguous, there is no question about that, but I question that humans can actually understand it. Mm, interesting. For instance, when we talk about any topic, uh, I will uh, likely introduce uh, 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 the topic in some way. Hey, have you seen that yesterday? And you will probably say, uh, what? What are you talking about? And right. then I will... So that starts a conversation. I say, that guy, you mean that guy, not the other guy. And so we correct each other continuously. That's why eventually we are able to transmit some information. And I'm saying some, because if then we go into a separate room and somebody is asking us to write down exactly all that we have understood, there is a high chance mm -hmm. that we might not be in agreement to some details. Okay. And that is what makes NLP probably one of the hardest sites of artificial intelligence research at this time. We talk about the difference between artificial intelligence and artificial intuition, which is becoming a theme on this podcast. But I asked, what happens when Cogito integrates the human back into the loop of NLP AI? Absolutely. How do you do that? Well, we have several ways. Uh, at the inception of a project, well, actually, at the inception of the technology, we started with expert linguists putting together the semantic network that we use. <clears throat> or networks, because actually we cover 14 languages, but <clears throat> everything needs to start somewhere. And there being a lot of revision of that semantic network, and I cannot say it's perfect because nothing is, really. If you talk about a network that has 400,000 concepts plus and uh, several millions of relations across those concepts, it's not really possible to be perfect. Right. But just like it, can, it works uh, for us humans when we use a language, it is good enough for a start, but it's not the end of it. Then when we uh, introduce our technology for a specific business purpose, the stakeholders uh, will need to add their knowledge. Uh, very often we have uh, our linguists who are, again, not, uh, not uh, scientists, but uh, really experts in the language, use our tool in conjunction with subject matter experts uh, provided by the customer or identified elsewhere. Uh, that uh, eventually uh, code that knowledge into uh, the linguistic project uh, that it needs to serve a specific purpose. Again, it's about um, the topic. It's not about general knowledge of the language, but as in the example I was referring to for the book with uh, a rocket on the cover, right. we need to know what we are talking about and it is, uh, which is better to call a nanny or a scientist to read the book. Right. And uh, uh, as we go forward, uh, this is again not enough. There is uh, always the need for going back to the humans and check. Right. 
only the human needs to be able to check at scale. They cannot possibly check every world or every extraction, but they can tell us, hey, look, when uh, you see this kind of text, what, we, what it really means to us or what it is really important for us, the technology to extract, is this feature as opposed to that feature. I asked Pepe here, how important is human-generated feedback and annotation for AI, machine learning and NLP? The feedback is the key. Uh, machine learning is great. Uh, you can achieve uh, things that really looked impossible. Uh, my perception is that um, uh, since it's uh, much easier to deal with the data than humans, uh, sometimes uh, things uh, performing labs for the purpose of achieving a, a specific uh, result uh, might not take into account uh, uh, all the surrounding uh, uh, difficulties that you will face when you need to implement uh, that uh, specific solution in a real-world scenario. For instance, everybody knows that to have a good machine learning, you need good data to start with. Right. And guess what? That data, most cases, needs some kind of annotation right. or has been selected in some way, which uh, usually also introduces er errors. Uh, the advantage we have with Cogito is that we are much closer to the root of the error and we can fix it much easier than uh, you can do with machine learning where you really need to repeat it or layer or patch somehow. Why is NLP so difficult? And has the advent of deep learning improved NLP in a significant way? We all learn from experience. It, uh, language is... Uh, a series of uh, continuous corrections throughout in the entire life. And as we can see from the difficulties and sometimes even the conflicts, so much of them actually stems from the different in culture that is so intrinsically bound to the knowledge of language and convention that are different from one place to another. So in short, uh, all humans are perfectly able to communicate with themselves. Right. and a bit less uh, with everybody else. As far as the advent of deep learning, well, uh, I don't think uh, there is uh, need for much comment about that. For sure, uh, deep learning has been a game changer for uh, uh, the entire field. Right. And uh, we, we see the results and not only in the language, but in everything. As a matter of fact, the natural language possibly might be the most difficult field in which to apply deep learning. And this is because uh, deep learning likes vectors which are the same size, but uh, we are not right. even able to communicate centers with that, that are all the same number of words. Interesting. Jerry led us down the path of talking about neural network signals that are easier to train for binary pattern recognition and how that's different for language and how closely language is bound to culture. A great conversation here. And what's amazing is just a few doors down is Louis Andre, the CEO of Expert System USA, the last living human who speaks a specific dialect of Vietnamese Montagnard and how English concepts just couldn't relate to their language. The networks are easy to train in a recognition uh, pattern matching signal. We always talk about signal extraction. Signal, right, yeah. <clears throat> right, but the signals in language are way different than the signals in in a picture in a binary or something like pixel that. environment. Right. right, and I think what what Pepe talked about with uh, language and culture. Yeah, you know, I'm a, a firm believer in that because language and culture are bound so tightly that you don't really even think about it. 
really. Because you know, right. you know, I spent 20 years in Asia and I and uh, Jerry speaks Japanese two or three languages. Japanese yeah. and you probably Korean. speak five or six. I'm and that's sure. Why, you know, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes in different parts of the world, concepts like uh, parts of you know, phrases, expressions that you speak in English are almost can be almost impossible to express in some of somebody else's language because it's not just the words that are different, but the culture is different. Yes. So an expression in English, when we say it, it's because of the way we live, the way we live in America. And when you take that expression and try and translate it into Korean, for example, they can't even relate to it because they don't live like that. So right. it's culture and language are, are totally uh, bound together. That's so interesting. Uh, 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 I don't know if you know about this, but uh, my colleague Louis is the last uh, uh, person on earth speaking a specific uh, dialect of uh, Vietnamese Montagnard. Oh, he wow. came in touch when he was uh, combating the Vietnam War. Yeah. And he told me... Louis that, Andre. Yes. Yeah. Yes, wow. You may ask him. And as he told me, looks like uh, uh, these people didn't have any word for such things as uh, theft, blackmail, Wow. Treason, nothing. That's a great example. Cogito talks in terms of NLU, or natural language understanding, whereas most people are familiar with the term NLP, natural language processing. I ask him the difference between NLP and NLU. But that's a, that's a great question. Well, um, I, even though I'm not sure there is a formal academic uh, uh, definition. Uh, my own definition would be that NLP is everything that is able to uh, start from a shield text and extract uh, a basic structures like um, dependency parse tree, uh, part of speech tags, uh, and uh, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Uh, that doesn't lead to understand the text. That does lead to understand how the text is structured. NLU is the second uh, step when uh, given that structure which is needed, uh, you need to associate uh, uh, part of that structure to known concepts uh, to understand the general meaning, the topics, uh, the domains that is being discussed, uh, uh, who's doing what, when, to whom, uh, and so forth, so on right. and so forth. When we have customers that evaluate technologies to enrich unstructured data for data process automation, it's often difficult to explain why it is Cogito outperforms the likes of, well, I don't want to mention any names. We'll just say tier one cloud companies who also make smartphones named after Star Wars robots, for example. I asked Pepe to dive into that a little deeper. My perception of the matter is that uh, really the fact that we had the opportunity to work with humans and have this uh, continuous feedback over a number of years uh, put us in a better position. Okay. Uh, for instance, I can mention that uh, Dow Jones spent, uh, I think, about three years performing a selection of all the NLP tools that there were, and talking about two years ago. Right. And eventually they picked us for five languages. Uh, in that case, what I really appreciated uh, was uh, the ability to insert the knowledge at any point in the process, which is something I still don't see in the offering from um, Google and the other giants uh, at this right. time. And uh, I'm not questioning that they may have the skills uh, needed, but probably the market they are targeting, again, is so broad that... Um, 
Uh, it would be pointless to ask somebody specifically from the crowd for something that might not resonate in other uh, domains or applications. Here we talk about where we're at with NLP now and where are we going in the next two, three, five years. That's a great question. I, would, uh, I wish I had a great answer. As a matter <laughs> of fact, uh, the rate of change, as we all know, is accelerating. So uh, there are... Uh, um, there have been breakthroughs, such as deep learning and other, and there will be more. I expect something to happen because right now, I think uh, we are doing pretty good with the basics, but we are not even close to what can be advertised in natural language understanding, say, at the level of actual humans. Uh, 50 years. Oh, well, it, it's, impossible, it's impossible to say it may be next year, right. uh, uh, even though uh, I doubt so. I think uh, that uh, what happened in the last few years uh, is that uh, good approaches were, have been consolidated. And the people is been uh, uh, doing a lot of research to find, for instance, good tricks to make machine learning faster, to uh, cut uh, some... Uh, uh, mathematical issues that were stemming, for instance, by the fact that uh, we are using uh, GPUs uh, right. that were originally designed for video games. As a right. matter of fact, the video games pushed AI. Right, that's right. Mm -hmm. and, but so as we know, that do a better job of linear algebra than yes. GPUs. Yes, well, uh, you know, in linear algebra, with, when you only have eight bits to do math, uh, <laughs> right. can have, if you talk about a mathematician of uh, 30 years ago, they would tell you, this is not possible, you cannot go there, there is so much. Uh, right. And, and eventually they find tricks to adjust LSTM as big one. Right, right. Uh, so what happens next? That uh, I hope we shall have uh, very good ideas and I look forward to learn about the ideas and, uh, and using them. Uh, because that expert system is not like we sit down on what we did so far. We perform constant research. As I was saying, we are adding... Uh, uh, deep learning on top of our capabilities. We are also exploiting different uh, avenues that are not uh, so popular, but might very well solve uh, some specific problems. You know, sometimes the science also goes with trends, right. unfortunately, right? Yep. So, and people say that something works great for a specific purpose. Other people might decide that it also works great for them because they want to surf the wave. But uh, uh, I, I really look forward to something uh, really original in the next few years. Given the amount of results that is, I would bet that uh, in five years now, uh, we'll progress to an entirely new level. Where has NLP, NLU made the most impact against use cases, or ROI for the enterprise, or just AI in general? Probably government has been the first uh, field where uh, people really needed to know, for obvious reasons, about as much information as possible, because they need to act, protect everybody, so there is a very legitimate need for knowing. Uh, that aside, uh, if we look uh, outside uh, our space, uh, we see a lot of interesting things coming. Uh, there are those little three countries in the Baltic area which I'm very fond of and I like so much. Mm -hmm. And nobody apparently is uh, 
giving them uh, so much attention, but uh, for instance, Estonia seems to be ready to start with the first uh, um, NLP judge for uh, yeah, uh, contract litigation up to 3,000 euros value, something like that. And, um, and there is a, a ton of usefulness in NLP when it comes with uh, to people with disabilities. As artificial intelligence in general speaking, really, I was reading the other day about the story of uh, this uh, person who's unfortunately affected by ALS, uh, but still able to work, uh, to work because uh, he's able to, um, uh, to use a computer through his eyes, just pointing eyes. Right. And uh, I would say that artificial intelligence, generally speaking, is aimed to make our lives easier. And we know about uh, intelligent smart prosthetics limbs. Uh, we know about, uh, uh, I was reading about the stent roads, mm -hmm. the little thing that they can put in the brain of people who have lost an ability. And by using machine learning on signal perceived inside the skull, they uh, basically give them back that ability, or at least uh, the research is uh, aiming for that. So, I, I, specifically to NLP, well, uh, I, when I drive, I talk to my car, and uh, mm -hmm. it actually does what I need. And uh, besides also driving itself, which is also interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there How is no How close do you think we are to that? <laughs> True autonomous level five self-driving. I have an opinion, but I'm always curious what other people's opinions are. I know that is unlawful, unfortunately, but I'm looking forward to that day. Yeah, so am I. I've never seen a computer drunk. <laughs> yes, no, that's true. Well, I hope just by the time my daughters are old enough to start driving that autonomous vehicles are around. It's funny Because humans are terrible drivers. <laughs> yes. Terrible drivers. <laughs> Um, well, that ends kind of the technical portion, but I'm curious how you're sitting in a room here in Alexandria. Uh, you're from Italy. Originally. Originally, mm -hmm. right? How long have you been over here? How did you make your way over here? How long have you been with Expert Systems? Are you the genius behind all of this at Expert okay, Systems? Okay, I was not prepared for this part of the interview. Okay, I would uh, skip the genius part. Um, and uh, of course, uh, there is a lot of merit in our technology that they have nothing to do with. Uh, I started, uh, well, 30 years ago, which is depressing, but uh, I was... Uh, doing a machine learning before the term existed. Actually, when I read the first articles about machine learning, it took for me a bit to realize that that is what I've been doing when I started working. My first uh, task in uh, computer system work was to optimize a financial portfolio over uh, allocation of 400 uh, assets, uh, mm -hmm. uh, which is a typical machine learning mm -hmm. problem. Uh, but uh, after that, uh, I did a lot of databases. I uh, mean, I, I wrote a database technology that was uh, act, uh, active in the field that uh, later was called business intelligence. I created my own startup. It grew a bit until it was seen in Gartner reports, uh, and then I sold it to a multinational based in uh, Michigan, and that's how I landed in the U.S. Oh, okay. And that uh, uh, was in a different field, but I was uh, looking uh, uh, sideways uh, for more interesting things to do. And then I came in contact with Expert System. Uh, I had uh, 
a lot of technical exchange with the founder, the, the real genius behind the technology, who's Marco Varone, and who's very much Italian. Thanks to Pepe and Expert System USA for talking all things natural language understanding. And thanks to you for subscribing and hitting that play button. Find out more about Expert System USA and Cogito by typing that into your intergoogler of choice or by navigating to www.expertsystem.com. That's it for this episode of Machine Learning for the Masses, brought to you, as always, by the engineers behind the curtain here at Data. 